It's Listener Request Month on the Movie Crew Podcast, and tonight we're going to be talking about Frank Miller's Sin City. February is all about the love, and we love you, David Hodo. Thanks for the request. You no trouble. Me, Fifth You will be a weapon. You will be a minister of death, praying for war. But until that day, you are cute. Sound off like you got a pair. Sir, sir. Ah, yes. I was wondering what would break first. Your spirit. Oh, your money. You get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. God is dead. This city is headed for a disaster of biblical proportion. What do you mean, biblical? What he means is Old Testament, yes. Mayor, real wrath of God type stuff. Dead fire and brimstone coming down from the skies. Rivers and seas boiling. Forty years of darkness, earthquakes, volcanoes, the dead rising from the grave. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together. Mass hysteria. Welcome to the podcast. We are your host. I am editor Brian Elkins. With me here tonight, cinematographer Jared Callen. How you doing, Brian? I am lovely. We also have DP Mike Griggs. Yo. Yo, yo. And we have costume designer Kristen Jones. Hello, hello. Guys, here we are. Listener request month. Yay! Request in Sin City. Second Rodriguez movie we've covered after, uh, what was the first one? From Dust Till Dawn. What? Yeah. Okay, and this one fair. is all about love. So it, it totally matches in, 100%. in February. Yeah. It's love from it's 11 on. to 19. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, those are your prime years for love, Griggs. <laughs> yeah. I'm just telling you, I had my deepest love during that oh time. Oh, my God. Love of my life. Love of yeah. my life. And his name was Mike. He had a beautiful beard. <laughs> At the age of 11? Wait, guy. wait, wait. I'm wait. sorry. I'm talking about now. I'm talking about now. I'm sorry. I got lost in, in Mike's beard for a moment. Uh, <laughs> it happens a lot. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So you guys, have you guys seen this movie before here? Sin City? Oh, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. saw it in the theater. There are several lines in this movie that just live in my head rent free. Really? Like what? He takes his gun away and his other one, or his weapon. Wow. His wow. Weapons. Wow. I fucked it up. I fucked it up. <laughs> Lives in your I take brain, his huh? weapon away. <laughs> And his other one. There it is. Jesus Christ. And his other weapon was his penis and balls. <laughs> yeah, and later we get to see it ripped out, and it's awesome. And, and it's yellow glory. To be fair, it's not like his his original penis and balls. Like It's like a reconstruction kind of thing. Yeah. No, he's, yeah. he had a specific line that said he regrew it for the sake of his father's legacy, and it Stem fucked up all Christy. the rest of him. So yeah, it's, but that's, that's he, still not the original. That's why he's yellow and stinks. Like, you grow it in a lab, and then you surgically attach it. He smells like eggs. Um, <laughs> I like um, eggs. I, I love eggs. Uh, can yeah. you smell like rotten I, eggs? I, I could wax on forever about eggs. Uh, but you know, uh, and, and speaking of eggs, you can actually see his 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 his, his testicles, his, his nuts. When they shoots him the first time, he's got a very pronounced bulge. And I'm thinking that that may be the explosion 
pack or whatever, but the it's, squib it's under there, the squib <laughs> in, in his in his nutsack, as it were, um. <laughs> squib sack, squib sack. I didn't know that, but uh, I'll go back and look uh, for it. I watched it twice today. Yes, uh, you know, do so. that, Brian. Go back and look for the penis bulge. <laughs> this is where this guy's going to get his balls blown off right here. I can see the outline, the pants. Man. Well, the question is really, is it his penis or is it the pack? Like, that's really what we need to figure out. I think he's definitely packing his penis. I think it's the whole package. Um. <laughs> Can I just say this feels like the appropriate way to start talking about Sin City? <laughs> Someone's penis. It's all about the head. <laughs> I mean, this fucking movie, guys. I, I, <laughs> I have a couple of moments in this film that just, like... You know, to, to be honest, I can't even have a conversation about this film until we talk about what the fuck is up with all the goddamn Nazi symbols in the film. There's like yes. fucking third right crosses. There's fucking swastika throwing stars. There's swastikas no, no, no. tattooed that on people. No, no, that wasn't a swastika. That was, you know, uh, there's a there's a isn't it in Buddhism? They have that. Yeah, that I read symbol. that on Wikipedia too, bro. But if you're telling me that's not a fucking no, swastika, I didn't read it. On, it is a swastika, but I well, did that, read. I didn't read that on Wikipedia. I read that like you know. Yeah, yeah, whatever anyone has a swastika <laughs> and they're like, no, I'm not a Nazi. I'm like a Buddhist. It's like a thing that they do. What, what about the what about the guy that gets the arrow shot through his head? That's uh, that is clearly a swastika on his oh, tattooed on his forehead. That's, that, that's a, also a, a, a Buddhist. No, no, um, <laughs> no. That is definitely a uh, Charles Manson. This is swastika. actually like a very religious film, Brian. I don't know how you didn't pick up on that. Oh yeah. man, I must have missed all of this. And the the Third Reich, like little uh, what is it the. Who had the, that? The, the third right crosses that. on uh, Rosio uh, Rosario uh, Dawson. Rosario Dawson. Yes, there we go. Fucking really. I'm not gonna say her name. Yeah, she's got like these little studs, and then in between it, those little third right crosses. Holy shit! Let me look that up real quick. It is the most bizarre thing in the world. I, I noticed it when uh, like right after uh, Benicio del Toro got his head cut off, and then I was scouring the internet like, what the fuck is up with this symbolism? And no, like a couple of people are talking about it. Uh, that's where I saw, you know, the Buddhist explanation that you brought up. Uh, but I was just like, okay, well, what about all this other shit? Okay, you can explain the the Asian character that is named Miho <laughs> because she's a she's a whore, Brian. <laughs> Miho. Well, Frank Miller on the on the fucking audio commentary is like, no, see, that's a that's like a, a spiritual word. I was like, bro, you it pulled some Miho. pussy galore, James Bond <laughs> shit. Okay. <laughs> Don't don't be act, don't act like you're a bunny. That's not even James Bond. That's like Austin Powers level. <laughs> she totally has iron crosses on her neck. Yeah. What is up with that? I don't know, man. So what what did your internet conspiracy theories come out and say? I don't know. No, nobody said anything. Nobody has any idea about it that I could figure out. And I I don't know why any of these characters would have this stuff on them. Like, okay, the bald guy with the, the swastika tattooed on his forehead. I, I Maybe you're trying to say like he's a white supremacist, neo-Nazi. I understand that. But I don't get the rest of it. (laughs) (laughs) Shit, I've got arrows sticking through me. (laughs) It's starting to hurt. I've only seen one. I I just kind of Googled it really quickly. There is one character who's a Nazi um, in the movie. But I see there's one article, though, that just says, you know, it references its constant Nazi symbolism. But there doesn't seem to be anything else that I can find that talks about it. It's and that's so It's just like, yeah, it's just like that one throwaway line to the constant Nazi symbolism. And 
I didn't quite pick up on all of, like all the stuff that you mentioned, but I, I did recognize actually, I guess, I, I guess I did kind of get like a lot of the costumes have a very structured, like world war two, like the, like the Nazi uniforms and like all of those, like it, it did kind of resemble that, but I didn't, I don't know it well enough to like say like that it's exactly it. Yeah. It was just, it was just so weird. And I don't know what it is, but like uh Frank Miller, it's either uh, the Dark Knight Returns or the, uh, the Dark Knight Strikes Again. One of those comics, one of the the punks Batman's beaten up is is covered in, in Nazi swastikas. I don't know what is up with his obsession with that symbol or what that means to him, but it's weird that he doesn't just put it on bad people. Yeah, I was just thinking, you know, in in, in the comic book, it's you know, beating up the Nazis, which is which is a good thing, and I, I don't get the, I don't know. Well, I don't know that any of the characters in this are straight up like good guys. I mean, they all yeah. reference yeah. that that they're not that they're not good guys. I mean, really, the only thing that makes them good versus bad in this movie is how much they beat up on women. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, no, no, I'm 100%. serious. That is absolutely <laughs> yeah. The, the quote unquote good guys or the better guys in this film are an emphasis on guys because they're all it's all male versus male with women as the. Uh, the trophy or the cost or whatever. Well, it's uh, and not just that, but there is highly sexualized women. Um, yeah, no, even the good guys like beat up on women. It's just not they're just doing it for like good reasons. So it's you're gonna knock her out so she doesn't put herself in danger. Well, yeah, yeah. No, you also have to <laughs> knock her out so she doesn't like see you hitting somebody else like that. Yeah, right, because yeah. that'll give you nightmares. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Here, have a concussion, bro. bro that that would have given me fucking nightmares to watch somebody be eaten alive by a fucking wolf. Yeah, no, no, please knock me out, hit me in the face. I don't want to see that shit. I mean, she specifically asked to like be part of it. So, she, well, I don't think she knew what that motherfucker was going to do. She was like, "I'm going to just shoot him in the head." He's like, "Well, no, you don't understand. I'm going to cut this motherfucker's arms off. I'm going to cut his legs off, and then I'm going to feed him alive to a dog, and then I'm going to chop off his head." Look, right, I've already so, thought this out. Right. <laughs> so my point is the good guys do less hitting women than the bad guys. Accurate. <laughs> but it, it's it's a comic book. It's a superhero thing. Everybody hits everybody, right? Yeah, that's true. Everybody's constantly hitting. And, Even and, the women and, are hitting the men. Yeah, constantly. And then, like, you know, and, and cars, when they come over hills, they fly through the air. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, every single hill. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fucking ramp. <laughs> No one drives slow enough. Even when they're driving the speed limit, they're still driving fast enough to go flying over hills. People are invincible by bullets and stuff. I mean, you can get shot in the head and still survive. There are more people. <laughs> there's just as many people getting shot in the arm in this thing as there are hands getting cut cut off in Star Wars. Uh, Not that many hands it, get cut off in Star Wars, <laughs> dude, bro. A what? lot of hands. Lots of hands get cut off in Star Wars. Yeah, but that's okay. all several films. This is all one movie. <laughs> Oh, that's true. This is one movie. <laughs> is it though? Is it? This is really more like four movies. They that's cut off a lot of been... hands in this one too, though. They do. They cut off. A oh lot man, of they cut off a lot of shit. Surprisingly, like everyone's just like, oh man, that kind of hurt, and then they just go about their lives, like because they're all living in shock all the time. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, a, really? it's a comic book. <laughs> <laughs> there is like no that logical. That kind of sense settled here. with me for a second. Yeah. Um, like, why is everybody living in this city if it's so fucking terrible? Can't they go somewhere else? <laughs> it's Basin City, man. I don't know. Man. Why do people live in Detroit? <laughs> oh! Ooh. Damn, there go all our, all our Detroit Ooh. listeners. We love you, Honestly, Detroit. Brian did not mean it. He loves Detroit. <laughs> I meant it. I hate Detroit. God. <laughs> Bro. I meant every word of that. Listeners, no, listeners. Kidding. Brian's favorite comedian is Tim Allen. Just letting you know. 
Wait, is Tim Allen from Detroit? Wait, also, so. you know, just so you know, Detroit has a really nice airport. So. I don't know if you guys have ever flown through there, but it's always a really enjoyable layover. That's true. Yeah, there's like there's actually. like never anybody in, in you know. <laughs> there's like no crowds. <laughs> it's the safest place in the city. It's, it's pretty amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only place that has clean water. That's <laughs> oh, all bottled in. Oh, it's okay to laugh, Griggs. It's okay to laugh. Uh, <laughs> too real or not real enough. So, like, you know, it, it makes sense in that regards, right? You know, these these people are kind of like, I don't know, they all seem like they're stuck here. It, it seems like it's a um, a whole town full of like uh, like terrible degenerate people. Yeah, like everyone's bad. Like like all no, the co- cops no. are corrupt and no, some people just want to go to a bar and watch a woman strip naked. Okay, it is it is not degenerate people to just want to enjoy. You just don't know their stories. <laughs> You haven't got to that page yet. That's right. (laughs) I mean, hold on, because it seems like like we really only saw like the strip club and like the corner where the little girl from Gilmore Girls likes to hook. So we don't know. It's only on Saturdays, though. Well, whatever. Her mom doesn't know. And the day shift too. So like that's nice. (laughs) But like it's like the matinee. (laughs) It's classier during the day. Okay. It's not like we saw the whole town. We just saw like very select locations That's of, true. The, of people who frequent like this bar. So the town could actually be very nice. There could be other types of sinning going on in Sin City that are like not as like terrible. I mean, that's a good point. All, all the protagonists in each of these stories, they're all murderers, except for the cop who also has killed people. And I mean, like the dude, like one of the dudes, like when he gets pulled over, he's like, do I just kill this cop or is he one of the good ones? And I've just like killed like a dad to like four kids and a loving wife. So like there yeah. are good people there. Yeah, as good as good as he can be. L- at least he does have a conscience on like, fuck, you know, but they all he's still got to smack all, a woman. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and, and all of them, when they when they get when you're torturing somebody, you just got to immediately just fucking either shoot them in the nuts or stab them in the chest, and just let's just go ahead and get this going. You know, there's none of yeah. this like, all right, tell me, or I'm gonna fucking. It's it's like we're we're at a hundred percent. Look, that's right how you torture people. I mean, how do you do it, Jared? Um, I don't torture people. I try not. Well, I try not to torture. That's your problem. People. You can't judge them because. I gotta just, work on it. Yeah, look. <laughs> if you haven't lived it, you don't know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I do like that torture montage in the movie. I think my favorite one is which one? Sorry. Yeah, which wait. One? Which one? Yeah, wait, <laughs> no, it's, one, it's one when Mar- Marv is just going around like uh, just trying to find out like what the hell happened. Oh, he's, he's his beating girl. his way to the truth. Yeah, and he's got he's the one it. guy. He's like hanging him out he's of his car out door, the car, and, it, and his feet are all up. And, he, and, and Marv's got this fucking smile on his face, and he's just pummeling yeah, his face against the concrete. It's like, oh my god, oh, it's so great. It looks so painful, man. There oh. was. A significant amount of heads and toilets in this. Which there was. was disgusting. With, with giant doo-doo logs. After that first one, oh dude like, pulls, his, pulls his head out, and it's just yeah. like you've got it's all these just, floaters. It's just there. It's just there. He doesn't pay attention to it. He doesn't <laughs> emphasize it. Yeah. It's just like if you notice it, then it's even worse for you. When they when they pull Benicio del Toro's head out of the toilet, like uh, they actually yellow liquid comes yeah, out. Yeah, that's so yeah, nasty, yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> and that sound effect, like that one gets a big like splash when it hits the bowl, and it's like, uh, oh. yeah, dude. <laughs> like I feel like if I were being tortured, I'd almost rather be stabbed than have my head stuffed into like a poo toilet. You know what I'm saying? I guess it just depends. It's different for everyone. I don't know. 
I would take a stabbing over over shit water. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. Damn, guys, really? Well, I, I guess it, uh, I'd rather be. I'd rather be die. I, okay, I would rather die from being stabbed than be than like drowned in shit water. Yeah, yeah, you know, like yeah. I, don't, I, I feel like it's, there's just something more relatable about like I know what it looks like to be in a seedy bar with shit floating in a toilet. <laughs> I don't know what it feels like to be literally stabbed multiple times. True. I'll take the the idea of the thing that I don't know about over this thing that I've definitely seen in real life, and we, we've that's all a little bit more horrible somehow. We've all walked in on the Super Bowl at the PNH. <laughs> I'm just letting you know. <laughs> like really. <laughs> Do girls yeah. do that in girl bathrooms, Kristen? Yeah, I mean it happens, but it's not like frequent, luckily. But also, man. I don't like. I try really hard not to go to bathrooms at dive places. <laughs> yeah, man, holy shit! Sometimes you walk into a men's restroom and there's just it's just piss all over the floors, and and the toilets are just destroyed. It's like, what, are you like standing like twelve feet away? <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> how, how, how did you get it on the floor, the back wall? I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand. There's like footprints leaving. You know, like, <laughs> oh god, damn. clearly you've never uh, had explosive diarrhea, son. <laughs> Oh, this is such an uplifting conversation. It's Frank Miller's Sin City. Mike, this, this is the request this is, month. This we is got the deliver vibe the goods. Of, of the city of sin. <laughs> I, well, I, I guess we should say budget was $40 million, which is uh, Was impressive. it really? Yeah, it's pretty impressive. That's a that's a lot of money. And it made $158.7 million worldwide. Damn. Nice. Good, good job, everybody. Yeah, they did do pretty good at the box office. How, how much of this? I didn't get a chance to do much research on the behind the scenes. How much of this is green screen? All of it, all except of it, for the literally bar. The bar is the only thing they built, and it, you can tell in the movie because that's the only part of the film that's not black and white with one color shot. There's a mm-hmm. little bit of color that seeps into the bar. That you get color on the signs. There's color yeah. on people's faces, um, and that's because that's the only location they actually built, and the only set they built. And Rodriguez actually had to put like lights. And keep them out of frame. Um, there's an extra feature on the uh, on the Blu-ray. Uh, you can actually watch the green screen footage that they shot with the oh, movie. Yeah. And man, they have like they have the lights like all in the frame. They have like the boom like all up in the actor's face, all in the frame. It's That's ridiculous. Great. That's cool though. Yeah, poor effects guys. Oh yeah, <laughs> well fuck them. They're getting paid. Uh, like, <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> like, well, how how much of the stuff was like in the foreground? Like, did they have set pieces? They had some set pieces, like uh, the fence outside the farm. That's the only part of the farm that I saw that they built. Um, the tree that Bruce Willis, when he has his heart attack and he leans against a tree, they built the tree. So things that they came into contact with. Yeah. Other than that, it was not there. Wow. I mean, that was one of the things that Rodriguez was super excited about was how much he could he could just kind of do in post. Like even for Quentin Tarantino's guest director thing, that he put he put them in a car – and Rodriguez was like, yeah, it's going to be easier if you don't use a real car. And Quentin was like, no, it's fine. I'll use a real car. And then he was like, yeah, you know what? I shouldn't use a real car. This would be a lot easier. What, what, what scene was that? What scene did he do? It's the scene where uh, Clive Owen and Benicio Del Toro are talking. And, you know, Benicio Del Toro has got his neck cut. And he's like, makes sense where he gets all crazy and he leans back. <laughs> he's like, ah, it changes his voice yeah. depending on how big his neck, neck wound is. <laughs> Which was a great choice, I think. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. Benicio kills that scene. That, yeah, that may be my favorite performance uh, outside of Mickey Rourke in the whole film. Mickey Rourke killed it, man. Yeah, right? Holy Wait, shit. Which one is that? He's Marv. Marv. He's going after Goldie. Oh, that one. 
Yeah. No, you liked that one? I mean, I thought he did great, but I just thought his... That one, I think, was the most outlandish in terms of characters like at all like out of all of them like i even i even enjoy jessica alba pretending to fall in love with bruce willis as an 11 year old more than like <laughs> i'm still a virgin oh this yeah is that so was so weird why, what the fuck? why, why was she even yeah. there yeah like, how did she get to the hospital. That, that scene made no sense. Bro, how the fuck did <laughs> Bruce Willis get out of prison after after killing, uh, allegedly, right, five, uh, raping and killing five fucking little girls, and then eight years, the motherfucker confesses, and he's let go? It's I, Sin City, bro. I assumed that because that it didn't matter if he confessed or not, I assumed that they just set all of that up because they wanted him to be let go, because they wanted to... They wanted him to lead her to lead them to the girl. So it was all just like said, like it didn't matter what he said, he was going to be released um, so that he could lead them to Jessica Alba. I mean, I guess it's just it's bizarre. If you're leaving him in there for eight years, it's like he he should have just confessed forever. And that should have just been his time limit that was up. I don't know. It's just it's weird. There's not really justice in this city. So. I know. No, that's but true. Like, None of these stories have anything remotely resembling justice. It's just people getting revenge for other things that they're pissed off about. And sometimes someone hits a woman and they're like, yeah, no, you deserve to die now, apparently. It's just so weird that they say, like, everything, like, right up front, like, plot-wise. And then that that's something they kind of, like, hold back on. Uh, I don't know. What, what do you mean? Like, like, how Bruce Willis is getting out. Like, if that is part of, like, uh, that evil senators, that powers booth plays like if if he's getting him out you know so his son can get revenge why wouldn't you say that like they say everything else in the movie pretty much explain oh everything. oh um well no they don't say it that's the twist like that's yeah. why he goes to the bar and he's like oh no i've led like there this was all a trap and they're following me and this is and he's like don't and then you know jessica alba sees him and like runs over and kisses him and <laughs> that's what i would do if i saw bruce willis in a bar let's be honest the villain's explaining his <laughs> evil master plan and he's like he doesn't bring that up <laughs> you know what i mean it's just i don't know it's weird mm, when bruce yeah. willis is like hanging there and i don't know it seems like that's why you would gloat but there are a couple things that like i don't under like i didn't understand like the first scene did what what did oh, you guys think happened the, in that scene okay well she hired him to come kill her See, I didn't get she, that, she man. Wanted to, she wanted to kill herself. They were just setting up that he's a hitman because at the end, yeah. and then he comes and he kills a uh, chick from Gossip Girl. So that, that scene was the um, that was the, the pilot of this movie, if you will. Yeah, that was. was the scene that, that Rodriguez shot to prove that, that it could be done in the method that he wanted to do it with the whole green screen, with everything in black and white, et cetera, et cetera. But everything in this entire movie is straight out of the comic book, apparently. I haven't read it, so I can't, you know, 100% testify to that. But it, Like he, 90%. Rodriguez specifically said this was not an adaptation. This was an interpretation. Translation. Like all the, translation. Translation. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, like all, all, they didn't, they didn't uh, storyboard it. They just lifted the panels straight out of the comic book. So that, that opening scene... Was I thought it was pretty interesting, but I definitely read it as she wanted to kill herself and couldn't bring herself to do it, and so she hired this guy. Did, okay, before we talk, I, before we talk about this a little bit further, did you guys watch the uncut and or recut extended version? I watched or the some original. Of it. I didn't watch the whole thing. 
I feel like I've seen it before, but I definitely just watched the theatrical. Mine version was like two around. hours and four minutes or whatever. Yeah, right? that's the theatrical. That's version. the theatrical. Okay. Yeah, I, well, I watched the one that was recut, and I feel like it. Like I, I remembered everything happening, but like I was like, I don't think this is the right order at all. <laughs> um, all this to say, I don't know what scene you guys are talking about. <laughs> it's, it's oh really? The Josh Harnett scene where uh, he's out in the, the balcony, balcony and he shoots the girl with the silenced pistol. With the red dress. Yeah, that's she not the that opening scene in the one I watched. Okay. Well, that's, really? Yeah. They What's moved the opening it. In that they one? moved it. Yeah, I thought they rearranged it. So the opening scene is the one with Brittany Murphy in the one I watched. Clive Ooh. Owen's scene? Yeah, that, like his whole that Yeah, that deal? whole thing. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, I think that's the one that's supposed to like, yeah, take place first, chronological order. I don't know. Right. Um, but yeah, okay. So yeah, yeah, okay. Now I think you, I remember which one you guys are talking about. Um, you think she hired him to kill her? I had that thought, but I wasn't entirely sure. And then I decided he had some weird line. And I was like, no, maybe he was hired by somebody else to kill her. Yeah, I didn't get that. I mean, well, I know there's so, that line at the end where he's like, I'll cash her check in the morning. And I was yeah, like, oh, yeah. did he just rob her purse or something? Like, why would why would you hire somebody up. to kill yourself? And like, how am I supposed to get this? And then why does he come up at the end and shoot the other girl at the end? Did she did she also like she's like, oh, I, I, I can't live anymore. Or did the mob hire her or <laughs> what? What kind of hitman is this guy? What is he doing? Is he is he? Help it. Is he like Dr. Kevorkian and he's like killing people that want to die? Or is he just a hitman and he's just any lady late? What the fuck is up with this guy? He's a hitman that doesn't ask questions. The name of the opening scene in the theatrical version, theatrical version, is the customer is always right. So oh. if she's the customer. Okay. He doesn't ask the questions. He doesn't say, why do you want me to kill you? He says, you have paid me and I will kill the person that you've paid me to kill. And so that's that's why the line when he, his opening line when he's like I'm walking up behind her I let her hear my footsteps she she's tense for a second but then she like loosens up or whatever however he says it she knows that he's there to kill her because she's paid him to do it that's why he he lies and tells her he loves her and he holds her until she's gone it's it's this whole weird like all right I'm gonna be both like this guy who's supposedly attracted to you, but I'm also going to kill you in a way that you wouldn't be able to do yourself. It's a really, really strange and fascinating scene. And I think it sets the tone for the whole thing really perfectly. Well, what about at the end? Is she, is, is that girl, is, is the prostitute <clears throat> killing herself? He, he as well? is a hitman. He's a hitman. He so hit they man put out a hit on her who is paid to kill people. Cause she was like the, she's the fucking rat, right? Yeah. Yeah, so what's so, the so what's the best the, way to do it? You pay hit. the guy who's good at killing, and it people. loops. The, it, it's a bookend, Brian. Yeah, but wait, hold up though. What I don't understand mm. is is that this guy is like pretty nice, right? And and passionate, and kind of like he's he's comforting when he's killing people. Why would the that's ladies? That's why he at, offers her a cigarette. That's why he's so good at his job. I know, okay? but why would the ladies of Old Town want the prostitute that betrayed them to be killed nicely? Because he's good at his job and he gets it done. Yeah. What? But he doesn't ask questions. He's good at his the, job. I, I don't think that the ladies want her necessarily to be tortured. Yeah, no, that's that's their uh, entire thing. Know. The reason why they I mean, don't Rosario want the, she, she did she did say you deserve way much worse, and she did take a chunk of her neck out. Yeah, like she totally zombie teeth. bitter. Yeah, she's turning. No, that, this is okay. So this is this is what, what we've already been do. talking about. The good people in this Nazi movie zombies. are only better because of what they don't do. They want her to die because she's she's done wrong and fucked them all over, but they don't want her to be tortured because they're the better people in this particular interpretation of a city. 
I don't like so these they hire the So they hire the nice guy to kill her. And if you want to give her a cigarette before you, you know, I don't shoot think her it, in the face, That much free. thought was even put into it is that he he's the he's the guy that we've set up as a as a hitman and of course they're going to kill her so it's just a cool way to bring him back to loop it around i will say also that yes yeah. <laughs> also not the final scene this is actually the scene is in the middle of the one that i watched no and, way yeah and i really like it the final scene is um bruce willis killing himself in the one that i watched hmm. um i think this would have been a much better bookend <laughs> like if they had kept <laughs> no but like if they had kept like the opening and the ending because that's the way i remember watching it whenever it came out wait so bruce willis in the in the the recut version he doesn't open and close the movie because he's the only the only no. other one that that's, no. that has two parts to it there's no so it would be interesting no, all, that he the whole story is put together it, yeah they're all they're together. all together. Oh, really yeah. okay okay yeah. they, mm-hmm. they even have like the actual like title of the comic in between yeah, each like setup. they do yeah oh yeah, yeah. and that, that's completely it's, gone it's like clerks yeah exactly or pulp yeah. fiction the gold watch exactly. parisia tim but yes also perhaps clerks <laughs> <sighs> film nerd <laughs> and on that note i think it's break time <laughs> We're going to take a break. We're going to play the trailer for Robert Rodriguez and Frank Miller's Sin City. We'll be back. Get in the car, baby. We'll just talk. It'll be nice. You've just gone and done the dumbest thing in your whole life. The truth of Sin City will be shattered. Let the girl go. You know who my father is? You can't do a thing to me, Hardigan. There'll be a risk. There'll be death. Nothing can stop this. Time to prove to your friends that you're worth a damn. We'll fight the cops and the mob. We'll go to war. This isn't some barroom, bro. This is the bad day. The all or nothing day. They're back. You're making a big mistake. Yeah. You already made a big mistake yourself. A hard tub with a decent engine. And make sure it's got a big trunk. All right, we're back. That was the trailer for Sin City. What'd you guys think of that trailer? Not bad. Yeah, yeah. It's a pretty exciting trailer. It's a good trailer. Like that very uh, 90s music. Yeah, maybe want to go watch the movie. I mean, I see why it did well, you know. It, it, nobody had ever seen anything like that before. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and it, it actually looks like a comic book. And I think that's the whole point. I, I've never really seen this comic book, but like they they tried really hard to make sure it looked, it looked like the comic book. So that's kind of cool. The, just the attention to detail. Imagine, imagine fucking doing that, all of you filmmakers. Fuck, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't 
know. Like I, I think it's it's both an intriguing concept and and also um, it gives a lot of leeway to get away with some things that you wouldn't otherwise get away with. I mean, this was what two thousand four, two thousand five, right? Two thousand five. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it, it was it was still relatively early in in the digital revolution of, of film cameras. Um, I mean, Star Wars Episode One was the first one that was like starting to do it, and Episode Two was the first one that fully did it. But this was so. It was this. It was Sky Captain of the World of Tomorrow, and then what was what was the other one? There was another one that was like right at the same time. Well, Rodriguez like, had done three more films on digital. He did Spy Kids three, and uh, what's the third mariachi movie called? Once Upon a Time in Mexico. Boom! Yes, he had done those. He shot those on digital. Yeah. So, but but this was like digital cameras. It was all on green screen. He was doing digital post production. Like they, it, it was revolutionary from from the standpoint of like. All right, the technology's gotten to an, a really good point, but we can also push it in really interesting ways. And like we're making everything black and white except for a couple things so we can kind of hide a lot of stuff in the composite and the color grade and like right like they I mean like Brian was saying earlier, they had the fucking mic just sitting in like right there so they had really good audio. They had all the lights like right in the fucking frame. Like it seemed like every single shot was an excuse to just do edge lighting. In really interesting ways, but like it totally works for the story. Yeah, like if if there was a a story in a medium like a style to choose to to push this, you know, push all the digital concepts forward, push to to you know revolutionize this stuff. This seems like the perfect excuse to do all those things. I think the darkness helps in the detail. Oh yeah, the darkness totally it, helps. You know what I mean? So and, and yeah. also and so, so telling a noir and, what, and what's really cool is they actually got to nail every single style of noir. Oh, like, for as far sure. As visually and all the all the tropes of that and just every, every little bit and it's all picture perfect, uh, as 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 good as they could get it, which is really cool. It's 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 visually one of the coolest films I've ever seen. It does take me a while to get into it though. Like when you see like Marv bust through the door the first time it I do kind of <laughs> laugh out loud you know it's like yeah. so funny it's so over the top and so ridiculous and like when he's swimming and he's doing that like you yeah. know oh dude it's comic book straight out that but and it, it is yeah. he, he he punches that cop out of the car and he gives the Wilhelm scream oh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> I think it's in, I think it's supposed to be a little hammy it's supposed to be it's supposed to be fun you know you're you're but it takes a, the pages. It takes you know? a while to get on that that board, though. Like you know, to get on the same page as the movie to for, know what you're me. watching. Yeah, what, to what what you're in for. Yeah, I totally get it. I didn't like 100 percent get invested until like that shot where like uh, Dwight's character, Clav Owen, like he jumps down this sh- uh, sewers, this manhole, oh, and he's shooting as he goes down. So badass, yeah. And that's the moment where I was like, oh, okay, I'm invested. I'm I'm 100 percent on board with everything this movie has to offer. He's so good in this, and and he's really fighting his accent. Man, I love Clive Owen, bro. He just sounds badass. Yeah, yeah. he's got. This like, was that my voice. first introduction to Clive Owen for sure, and it was it was the appropriate introduction, in my opinion. I always like uh, Closer, where he calls Jude Law a cunt right to his face. Yeah. <laughs> now he's like, "You're cutting up now. Fuck off and die." <laughs> Dude, Closer so is brutal. one of the most savage fucking movies I've ever seen. I think Kristen would really like it. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> Oh man, I would no, love I w- to cover that movie one one day. I went it's, from it's, it's this amazing. to shoot him up, so that was my Clive Owen like oh, dude. intro, and it was like, yeah, fuck yes, Clive Owen. You see, it's funny that that, that you bring that up because shoot him up was also um, they did like a little demo, and it was all like stick figures and stuff, and like cut animatics together to prove that it, that that show that that movie would work. 
So Clive Owen stars, and he's all he also stars in that BMW series. Did you guys oh, ever see that? Oh, dude, yes, that was fucking great. Like Tony Scott directed one, uh, Ang Lee directed one. Uh, oh my god, there's so many great directors on that. It was if, if you have a if you have a weird concept, Clive Owen's your guy. <laughs> Hell yeah! Well, he fucking killed Children of Men too, which is one of the greatest oh. movies of all time. So talk about concept. That movie's like mostly uh, practically yeah. lit, and all these long takes with just amazing. Yeah, that's, yeah. What, a, what an amazing movie. Oh, that's a, that's such a good sci-fi film, man. Those don't come along too often, but when they do, it's you just amazing. find Clive Owen and he'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> Hell's yeah! Here I Hell's am, yeah. waiting for you. Only take the good shit, <laughs> except for King Arthur. But you know, I was the beginning of my career. What do you want me to do? <laughs> hey, man, they give you the chance, you take it. <laughs> that's true. I mean, all those King Arthur adaptations have not done very well at the box office here. First that night, is, bro. That's true. Always first, first night. night. That didn't first do very well shit. at the box office either. Had Sean Connery in it, man. Come on. I know. <laughs> I, like, well, what went wrong? It's a good movie, though. I, I do enjoy yeah, it. It's good. But um, anyway, t- we were talking about the cinematography, but the uh, the, the lighting is, is you know, it's, it's, it's very film noir. But the shot comps with, like, how they're recreating comic book frames. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This did remind me a lot of uh, Ang Lee's Hulk movie from... I think this it was a couple years before where he also yeah. tried to capture yeah. that like you're watching yeah. a, a comic book and he does those crazy zoom panels. This yeah, movie does do moving. It he actually has like literal panels in that film. Like, yeah, he had panels yeah. and page turns and like you know yeah. like things sliding. You know, he, he he did it. This was like straight from the comic book, but you know, well, just like like you said, like I, I they they do this thing where if it goes, someone goes into full silhouette, they they like make it a, an entire black screen and it's white, like they're doing an alpha channel, uh, and uh, you just get you just totally get that feeling, and it's really cool. Like when he goes down into the the um, the La Brea par- tar pits, and he's just falling. I I, I love yeah. that. All that stuff. Yeah. It, it just looks so damn cool. Or every time you see. Uh the glasses reflected on what's his name? Elijah Wood's Elijah face. Wood. Yes. Yeah. Fuck man. He, his shit is so fun. Fucking I think Kevin. he was hired just because of his eyes. <laughs> yeah. Your eyes are the yeah. perfect shade of blue that we can keep yeah. really, really easily. So you're you're it. He's always had a little creepy eyes. And like he plays that really well. He he, he plays that. He's very nimble and he's kind of yeah, and his long fucking fingernails. Like holy shit. He, he's super creepy. <laughs> I do like him in the the one shot where Bruce Willis is like killing everybody at the end, and you just <laughs> Bruce Willis in the background killing a guy and Kevin. What, what a great serial killer name, Kevin. Yeah, Kevin. <laughs> he's just sitting there reading the Bible with a giant cross and, and white. Yeah, on it. <laughs> and he's just like, oh, you know, whatever. Little murder in the background. It happens. Or, or, or when he's standing outside that window and Marv is down there like talking, and he's just sitting there just soaking it all in, listening. You know, just cre- creeped out. Yes, scream for me. Everybody has a fascination with screaming in this. Well, yeah, I think that was like, you know, the, the comic book panels when people go, ah, and you get the bubbles. <laughs> like, oh, it's like three panels long, just <laughs> He was smiling at me while he was licking my fingers, the flesh off my hand. Oh, man, damn, dude. Those, those, those like mounted heads that are just like perfect, you know, they still look like they're alive. Makes no sense. It makes but, no you know. sense. Like, like they don't. Like, is he embalmed them? Like, what's going no, on? It's very cartoon because you know, like they they would just like I've 
could totally see that in a panel. You know, it's just it's just like these perfect little heads, just just like in the Return to Oz. You know, where you walk in and, and you get all all the Princess Mo- Princess Mombi's heads all on the wall. You know oh, what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, that's nightmare yeah, fuel so as well. Yeah, they're all they're all these perfect <laughs> just heads waiting. Uh, so. I don't know. It, it played really well. It, it, it had a cool feel to it. And then, you know, that and I, I knew I had seen that woman before, the woman who got her hand cut off. And she was like in The Haunting of Hill House or whatever, that new series. She's the mom in Spy Kids. I haven't seen Spy Kids. Oh. Wait, which woman? She's the woman who gets her hand the, eaten ham. The woman in the bathroom without her Yeah, she her got hands. her hand cut off. She's like, she, they, she's like chained in the bathroom. She's like naked around her apartment in the beginning before she walks well, into. No she, no, she was in bed with her, with her girlfriend. That's oh, you're talking she, about that's Carla Gugino? Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. If you want to call her by her name. Um. <laughs> Are you trying to be professional here, Mike? What the fuck, Mike? No, <laughs> no man. 2005 me was like, oh, I found my first love. Oh, oh man. She is super pretty. <laughs> <laughs> Everything I saw her in after this, I was like, yeah, but you were in Sin City, so. You're a little dirty. <laughs> <laughs> she was also in Watchmen, too. Another Frank Miller. Uh, no, that's not Frank Miller. That's Alan Moore. My bad. Yeah, don't get internet killed. I know, right? Ooh. <laughs> oh, damn. Oh, damn. I guess 300 was the uh, the follow-up Frank Miller thing they did, which I, I like that uh, look in that film a little bit better than the one here. Yeah, totally. This, this, this movie is just full of all kinds of random cool cameos, like... Michael Clark Duncan, what's up with his gold eye? Did, did they ever explain what's what's happening there? What's up with his outfit? Why is he wearing like a general <laughs> cap and no, like like, like he's a limo driver, like <laughs> like he's Argyle from fucking. <laughs> <laughs> he's a limo driver with a hobby. Yeah, yeah, he's Argyle from Die Hard. Just because Bruce Willis is in this, hey, things um, don't work out with your girl. I'll be down here. We can go. <laughs> <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, I don't I don't know what was up with a lot of these outfits. Uh, yeah, they're, they're just insane. That's your department, Kristen. <laughs> I love them all. What are you talking about? I thought they were great. What about Marv's <laughs> obsession with everyone's jacket? Oh yeah, he's like, he's take the jacket off. He's like, why? He's like, he's like you got to bleed on it. <laughs> it's a really good jacket. I couldn't What's tell like the difference. I like the, the coat you're wearing. <laughs> was it the same coat from like four different people? Yeah, and every, everybody's his size, you know. They're all fucking like 300 pounds and seven feet tall. <laughs> I mean, it could happen. No, I don't know. I actually really loved the costumes in this. And I, uh, Nazi, you know, influences aside, I guess, I really enjoyed all of the uh, lingerie attire by the hookers in Old, Old Town. Uh, I, thought, I thought those were really great. Some of them were just straight like S&M get-ups. Except for that Zorro girl. That? <laughs> well, yeah, what was up with Zorro? No, it's because it's Robert Rodriguez, man. You gotta throw Zorro in there. Are you talking about that one cowboy hat? Yeah. No, I think, no, she had the Zorro mask. I think that's his sister, uh, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so this isn't entirely this has I don't know if this is related to Zorro, it's not. But um <laughs> It can be. <laughs> I mean it can be. Well let's see where it goes. It is now. Let's see where it goes. Uh I so I don't think I've seen any other Frank Miller stuff. And so this is, and obviously I saw this like, you know, when it came out years ago, uh, but I was a child and I don't, I now as an adult, I'm looking at this and I'm like, wow, like this writing is like so juvenile and especially the way it portrays women 
Uh, and I was wondering, first of all, what you guys thought of the writing and the female characters, but like also like, do you think that's why the uh, women actors were like so bad in this with the exception of Brittany Murphy? I thought she did outstanding, but I thought the rest of the women were like really bad. And I was like, well, maybe they just have like bad material. Yes, I think the material was pretty rough to start with. Brittany Murphy fucking killed it. Yeah. She was the only one that had any sense of like depth or history yeah. to, behind any of her stuff. Yeah. Her deliveries um, were great. I'll cut off you little pecker. <laughs> <laughs> like every, I mean, but that's Brittany Murphy. Like everything that she was in always had a lot more heart and emotion and, than it seemed like there was necessary for it. But like Jessica Alba's stuff was was kind of flat. Um, which feels sad to say because I also hardcore crushed on her when I was young. So cute. <laughs> e- even Rosario Dawson, like she she is is usually quite outstanding, and her stuff is just like there's one shot of her where she's like shooting, and there's a voiceover of Clive Owen being like, "Oh, she was gleeful she's in like, her <sighs> yeah, whatever." Right? That like yeah. that evil smile while she's shooting someone yeah. like that. There's a couple moments where she fucking kills yeah. it, but like but overall. The do- <laughs> Yeah, but the dialogue is just—it's just like, have you met a woman? Right, like, like have that you was, heard any of them speak? Like, what's going on? I here? was, I, I was really surprised that like Frank Miller wrote this, and he's like an adult man because I genuinely like halfway through this was like, was this written by a teenage boy? Because that made so much more sense to me, um, or someone who had like never met a woman and was like very sheltered kind of thing. Um, and so, yeah, I, I definitely looked at Frank Miller and because I, I was surprised he, he's like a person. So I, I don't know. Like, I was really surprised. <laughs> I don't know. I don't he know. He does exist. He, no, like, he exists. And, and so presumably like, he's like, you know, uh, you know, now he's like in his 60s. So he would have been what forties. So like he probably had been around women before, and so like the, I don't know. I was just really confused by that. And I, I guess I shouldn't be in terms of how women are portrayed. Blah blah blah. It seemed like it seemed like very much like this was like a very like juvenile male fantasy of, you know. I'm going to portray these women as like very strong and there's very sexual. So that means that they're strong and independent, but they can't actually do anything and they need a man to save them regardless. Like they don't actually do anything except for the one time. And like Marv is like, he like throws off the ropes and he's like, Oh, I figured you'd come to your senses. I just, you know, I was pretending the whole time because <laughs> uh, you're just a woman. And so I was just kind of like, what is happening here? <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, Marv is kind of a, a perfect killing machine. Uh... <laughs> no, but you know what I mean. Yeah, no, whole... yeah, that whole scene was like, oh, look look how genteel he is. He, yeah. the entire time, could have killed them all. And he's like, oh, I don't hit women. Yeah, yeah but then later exactly. he knocks one out. But, <laughs> but he had to do what? that. <laughs> yeah. No, he had, yeah, that's right. He was saving her. Sorry, you were going to have nightmares, <laughs> bitch. <laughs> Like Rosario gets hit, she gets she goes flying with that chair. Yeah, but then, and then he's like, oh, it just turned her on, and she grabbed me. She almost knocked me out by the force of her kiss. And I'm like, dude, like, no, that's not that's not how it works. That's not. I understand what you guys are saying about the writing. I, I don't like outside of Jessica Alba. I don't think the acting is that flat. I, I like everyone in uh, the movie, man. Even the opening scene with Michael Madsen, he was kind of bad there. Do, do you no, think I he was like bad? that was pretty Michael Madsen though? I think honestly. he was a little bad in there, and like you know, just but like later in the movie he's fine, but the, the delivery's there. And both times I watched no, it, I was like, I have Bleh. I have to disagree. I I feel like that's the writing. 
Like he delivered really? that as best he could. Like because it was it was just so cheesy and it obvious. Just, it was just obvious exposition. It was very yeah. obvious. Yeah. yeah. There was there's just not a lot to do with those kinds of lines where you're like, yeah, you know what I'm about to say, and I'm just gonna say what <laughs> you know that I'm gonna say, and there I said it. Uh, it's about it's about, that's about how he said it. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. I don't know. I thought I thought that worked for the most part because he's supposed to be trying to like convince Harrigan right of something that he knows to be false, right? Because he turns around and calls him out on it. So I don't know. It 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 kind of worked for me. And, and the doc scene when he shoots him, I thought that was fine. Oh, that yeah. was good. That was good. I'm just talking about that first little bit where he's... Uh, yeah, I think he's trying to, like, you know, like, hey, buddy, yeah. you know, we got to wait for backup even though, you know, it's a senator's kid, that little brat. You know, he's going to fucking murder this little girl after he may right. rape her. Super dark material <laughs> at the beginning of your film. But also, like, you know, the... Uh, the, the little the little 11-year-old girl who's like, no, I'm still a virgin. It's like, why don't... <laughs> Like, she has the whole thing about... Why does she say that? Why? <laughs> they didn't even check. I was like, damn, girl. Like, <laughs> this is before the fucking internet, right? I mean, I don't see anybody with smartphones in this goddamn world or fucking on computers. Like, what the fuck is happening? But, like, she grew up to be a stripper, and so I'm very curious what her home life was like. <laughs> I She's not a stripper. She's a dancer at a bar. Okay. Okay. I'm sorry. She was still wearing most of her Her clothes. dance is called the reverse Whoa. cowgirl. <laughs> <laughs> Just swinging that fucking lasso, man. Just swinging that lasso. Yeah. You think that lasso was CG? No, that was a real prop. <laughs> She's good, man. It looked good, though. I'll give, you, I'll give you that. Sorry, what was your juvenilely interrupted point? <laughs> my, what was my point about... The the writing. <laughs> yes, yes, I want to hear it. No, uh, no, no. My point, no, my point is just, um, I think the actors did the best they could with the material, and it's, I'm kind of torn on the writing because on the one hand, this is a comic book, and I think it fits really well with a cheesy comic book, but on the other hand, it's so cheesy and. Back to like what I said before is I questioned whether this person has like Frank Miller had ever actually like been around other human beings because I definitely got like you know you know twenty year old virgin who lives in his mom's basement vibes <laughs> and had never like that's probably accurate. Well, maybe, but this was there was nothing wrong with basement living. Okay, okay. That's not what I said, but did you miss the part where he was socially isolated as well? Yes, no, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. He was writing Daredevil in the 70s, okay? This is before <laughs> internet, right? Okay? It's just the perfect storm. And there's, like, no sunlight. And so, you know, he's, like, not getting enough vitamin D. And that probably affects your brain, too. And so, like, there's just, like, a lot going on <laughs> if you never leave the basement. That's all I'm saying. You're like a nerd vampire. <laughs> <laughs> you suck the blood <laughs> of comics. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but no, so that's my thing is like, I'm very torn on this writing because like, I think it works. It's so cheesy and I understand why they wanted to stick to it. But on the other hand, I was like, I, I feel like it could, it could be so much better. It could be so much better. And I wonder if the acting, cause they got really great actors and I think they did the best that they could, but actually uh, I, outside of Brittany Murphy, I, I think she killed it. Everyone else, I think just did the best that they could and some people could you know did better than others because of the writing and so i don't know i think it 
But like again, if you step it up, then you do you lose that comic book appeal. Do you know what I mean? Like, would it work? Yeah, I think part of the problem is that the visuals transfer from comic book to film so well, and yeah. the dialogue yeah. doesn't. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that, yeah. I think that's the part of the problem. Yeah, yeah, and that's why. I mean, I, I, sorry, I just, that's why I wonder if it would if a better dialogue would still work because the visuals are perfect. Yeah, that's. I think that's the kind of the struggle with this with comic books as a medium and and writing as a general concept is you can have someone like Frank Miller who can come up with a world that's so interesting and have characters who who might be really really interesting and most of these ones really are um and and situations and context uh that has a lot of room for for really interesting material and he does come up with a lot of situations that for these four little vignettes are are really cool Maybe you're not the best at writing dialogue or you need someone else to help you punch it up or like, hey, does this even make sense to come from this character's perspective? Like, are, is all the dialogue written from my voice as the writer as opposed to the voice of this character? Like, that's a tough thing. I kind of I love the world that he's created here, but m- some of the dialogue that he writes for these characters that are really well fleshed out in a lot of ways just doesn't quite match with where his head has gone for where these characters are like it's just kind of all the same voice for all the same characters mm-hmm. as really well illustrated from from the the driving with the dead guy scene where Clive Owen is having an imaginary dialogue with this character that he's killed that kind of makes sense for the moment that like yes it's going to be the same voice from the two characters because it's actually the one character imagining the other character but like that's like the only point where you can kind of get away with this singular voice of all of the character dialogue. I don't know. I, I feel like all the main characters in the three segments, like uh, you got Marv, Dwight, and uh, Harrigan. I, I feel like all three of those have different different points of view, you know, and they they have a, like I don't, I don't feel like they have a different voice. You know, like uh, Marv, like when, when he's when he's talking, he's it's either uh, something sexual or he always is bringing up beer into everything. It's like, uh, you know, <laughs> it, I don't know. It, it does feel a little different. I agree with you on the side characters. Now, they like all the hookers, all, all the prostitutes. You could just all the women swap them out. <laughs> literally, literally all oh, the women. with the exception of uh, Brittany Murphy, who you guys have called out and Jessica Alba, who we can all agree is a little flat, but she sure is pretty. <laughs> but I feel like this this is maybe one of those kinds of moments where actors come into a situation and and they are excited to work with the director, they've read the script, they're they're bought in and they're like, "Yeah, can I change maybe this dialogue because it doesn't seem like something my character would actually say." They're also working on green screens too. Let's not forget about that. Yeah. And 9 times out of 10, like some, some a lot of these actors were not in the same frame with each other. That is that's, really true. A lot of them. Insane. Like almost all the stuff with Bruce Willis, it was pretty much by himself. I think the only person he was actually on set with was uh, Jessica Alba and um, uh, Michael Madsen and Nick Stoll. Uh, obviously. How are they doing those booth. fighting scenes? What's that? I guess, how are they doing those fighting scenes with somebody in a green suit? Oh, you're talking about where he's t- taking out the, the cops and stuff? Yeah, and, and also when he fights the, the yellow dude at the end and all that, like, you know, smacking him around. And- yeah, well, I'm talking about, like, uh, when he's talking to Brittany Murphy in the, in the bar. Like, those were shot yeah. on, like, those were shot months apart and comped together. Um, th- there's even some scenes with, like, Jessica Alba where he's talking in the car, and those, those are completely shot at different times. 
Wow. That's insane. There's like a moment where like he's in the car and he's talking and like you can see where Jessica Alba should be. There's like this light coming in, <laughs> g- hitting uh, Bruce Willis's shoulder <laughs> just a little bit from the front. Just imagine having to like keep up with all that like camera tracking shit just to make sure the lenses and all the the distances. Well, I think all this I think that to, uh, that lends itself to was it shot and cut by Rod, Robert Rodriguez? Is that how he said it? Or yeah, that's what he said. What, yeah, what what was his uh what was his credit? Something like that. I know he used uh in Once Upon a Time Mexico is uh shot I wrote shot. It down. Yeah, shot shot and cut. Shot and cut by Robert Rodriguez. What what did he say in Once Upon a Time in Mexico? Uh it's shot chopped and something else. I forget what it was. So, something for scoring. <laughs> he's shot, he's chopped he's, and told. Yeah, he's an innovator, bro. He's making it all happen. He's the rebel without a crew, bro. I wonder if he did compositing. Surely not. No, no, no. His I, I noticed that in the crawl, the uh, he he did list himself as effects supervisor, which what the fuck? It, like that's bullshit. But I <laughs> like directing a movie and being the effects supervisor. Those are totally different things. Whatever. But he did list his uh, his effects guys, like the the head of the departments, right after the AD and the UPM. Oh, that's so cool. yeah, they did get like pretty top billing that's cool they deserve it because they work their ass off on this. yeah no kidding makes me wonder like how they did that glowing kind of like on the highlights i don't know what they're doing there it has a cool feel to after it. effects glow <laughs> yeah man. it has to be doing yeah something. no I, I, I yeah i i actually there were several times where i, I kind of paused especially in marv's stuff where like his half of his face is completely in black but he's got like those little strips of of uh, yeah. bandages that are just imagine tracking pure white yeah. Like, it, I, I have to feel like some of that was either, like, re- reflective tape that got it above a certain IRE, and he could just... The know. tape was like, red. I've, I've done plenty of stuff where... Oh, really? I have no idea why, but the tape was red. Yeah, it was bizarre. Really? Which is like, well, you can't come I mean, that out. They, like, why would you... Why red yeah, on somebody's skin? Yeah. Maybe they, they they could they could pull that color a little easier. But, like, it's on his skin, dude. Like, red such, like, a prominent skin tone. Like color, you know what I mean? Like no, yeah. no, skin tone is more more orange and yellow. Honestly, oh if, yeah, if you're leaning into orange the, and yellow. If what color is in reds. orange and yellow, Mike? Right? Okay, there we go. Speaking <laughs> as a person who <laughs> has it, done a lot red? of color, I've done a, I've done a lot of color for over a decade. Reds and purples are not skin tone, and if you're hitting reds and purples, then your skin tones are are colored, and either purposefully or or. They've been miscolored. All right, so we're going to shoot red screen, and we're going to get Mike Griggs to key it and keep skin tones, and we're going to see how that turns out. Oh, I can't out. wait for this. <laughs> I'm, I can't no, wait for this. My whole point is if you're going to go completely black and white and you're going you're gonna to grab a couple couple specific chroma tones and you're going to just crank the luma values of those tones, red is not necessarily that far. It's, it's far enough away that it, it would work. I, it's not something I would choose. That's why I'm so saying. So you got red? Like, to you me, got I was thinking you got it would green? make more sense. if Of the all three of those, do you think red's the best choice? <laughs> I'm just saying, man. Come on. Like, like that's the old, that's the one color you're not supposed to use. They, they, No, they did really amazing things with red in this because I've, I've done this before. I've, I've, I can show you some things that I've worked on, and it's really difficult to get that – to just pull that red hue – uh, or just any color hue, and still retain all of it in the shadows. And they do a really good job keeping all the detail in their in their keys, where they just pull. And especially, there's a scene where uh, where Clive Owen's sitting in a car, and and there's like 
police lights. There, well, there, there's multiple lights in. There's a oh, red the driving and green scene where it's like and all red, this stuff. Yeah, green, and, blue, and they're, yeah, green, they're picking the red, red green, and blue, blue. Sp- yeah. splashing off of his face. And I'm like, man, these badass motherfuckers right here. Uh, yeah, it, it, it just really clean and it looked really good. I have no idea how they did that. <laughs> I was listening to the commentary that that part, and they, yeah, they does not bring it up. It's layers. Uh, I don't know what they're doing. They're doing layers uh, of it, uh, of the keys, and laying it on top of each other, and then blending. I don't know. Them. To to me, the the more impressive shots were when Marv was laying in bed with Goldie, and you've got the red heart bed, oh, and her hair Goldie's and like yeah. like perfect blonde hair and her normal skin tones, with his like arm around her, and he's right next to her, and I'm just like. Did they fucking paint him like a different color so that they she could felt- key him more easily? Or like, what the hell is going on here? Because that is some clean. Keys she right felt a there. little bleedy to me, though. Uh, like, like that 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 scene. Like, like her her colors were so oversaturated, bleedy. And that shot. Well, that's because either. they they grabbed her tones yeah. and then they pushed them all into the same hue. But they still had to do something different so that they weren't grabbing whatever was going on with Marv. Uh, I think that I think they that wrote it's that just, shit. They, they rotoed that shit. Yeah, they rotoed the fuck. They out of cut it. all those fuckers out, man. I'm telling you. Yeah, which is exactly <laughs> like like when you see him That's when he goes fun. down when he goes down fun. into the the tar pits and you see the perfect like just matting that they're doing around him, but then you see his hair. It's just yeah. straight straight out of, straight out of After Effects. It's just it's just you're just watching the fucking Alpha Channel of that. Um, but yeah, it's it's they did a lot of rotoscoping in this. That's where the forty million dollars comes. Into oh play. man, those right. cars, people, dude! People on the beach. like on the road, and, it, and like there's this one shot where they you see like Bruce Willis and um, Jessica Alba. They're in, the, they're in the car, and the the camera goes past their car, and you go to the next car, and you get a close up of the yellow bastard. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yes. What the fuck? How the fuck did they do that in two thousand five? Oh my god! And what I noticed, what I noticed in that, they did a really cool thing when they went to him uh, as they as the camera's coming up to him. You see lights flashing on his face, like he's driving past them. Yep. And then when they get up to the close up, the light hits his face one last time, and then it holds; it doesn't disappear. And I'm like, "That's so fucking cool!" You know, it just it, <laughs> the way it lands, and then it, get, it lets them go ahead and get that final close up before they cut. So there was all these moving lights and all this shit. It's, it's fucking neat, man. Why did they not shoot this in two, three, five, man? I don't know. I was I was thinking that the whole okay, time. Okay, I was wondering that too because I was like, a hundred percent, this Blu-ray is not in the wrong aspect ratio. What the hell's going on? Yeah, that that's. I think that's my only complaint with the the framing. It's like they probably thought they were only going to get a TV release. <laughs> forty million dollars. Forty million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> the most expensive made-for-TV movie since Lonesome Dove, <laughs> The North and the South. Maybe they just wanted the real estate in the frame to be able to, you know, show show more. It was the IMAX ratio. I mean, I no, that, that's. That's one six six, isn't it? Or what is it? I'm shaking my head. That was a joke. Please don't okay. take that seriously. I guess it is closer to like a comic book panel. Now that you've said that, but I think it's I think it's just for more real estate to show more of the frames. I would have preferred two three five. Me too. It would have been more sexy. More sexy. Up that sexiness. See, like in long and thin to make it sexy. Got it. <laughs> no, it, it's got to be wide. It's called yeah, wide. It's got to be wide. It's got to be really wide. It's all about the girth. Took it too far. Sorry. (laughs) Oh, I I guess we do have to talk. Um, I thought this was ridiculous, but listening to the audio commentary, um, Rodriguez had to leave the union, the the DGA. Oh, yeah. Because he wanted Frank Miller to get a co-directing credit, and they, they said no. 
that can't happen. So he said, fuck you guys, and left the union. Yeah, what, like, I didn't realize that was a thing that the union is like, no, you have to be the only director in order to get a director credit. Like, hmm. was that a previous stipulation? Has that been changed since then? Like, what's, what's up It was with that? changed sometime in, like, the 50s or 70s. I can't remember which one. I fucking, I did not write it down. But I was just, like, I... The, the first thing that popped into my head was like, motherfucker, the Hughes brothers, the Farley brothers, the Wachowski siblings. What the fuck are we talking about? The, the Cohen fucking brothers. Cohen brothers? God yeah. damn. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like, what the fuck? Like, how is this even a thing? And I was looking up. Uh, <laughs> supposedly, they're worried about, like, directors just, like, getting any designer or any writer in that they think contribute a lot and giving them the director credit. I, I do know that this is interesting uh, in TV. If you're if you're a writer, then you get you get full credit and you get that pay. But like when you're in TV and they say you work as a team, they still give you the same pay, but you have to split it between each other and you share the credit. Oh damn! Yeah. So wow. It's, it's actually better to write by yourself in TV. Well, that doesn't happen anymore. Very weird. <laughs> <laughs> we all have writers' rooms now. Well, shit, they do that on Marvel films now. Like the single writer, I feel like is dead. John Favreau uh, is still getting it on 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 Mandalorian. Maybe in TV, maybe, definitely not in films. Man, like all those big budget movies, though, like they all go to committee. Well, yeah, I mean, you can have you can have the ampersands and the ands. You can have three and four and five writers, but that doesn't mean there's not still people who are writing and directing. Uh, I would contend that the best way to become a director is to be a writer. In this day and age, for sure. Just know where, where to put a camera and how to block That's actors. cinematographers for. Oh, fuck that, man. Oh, my God. Some cinematographers can blunt up pretty shots but can't fucking block actors. And some cinematographers uh, well, can't even talk to actors. True. <laughs> no, you know what you want your actors excuse, to do. Excuse me, know how talking to block person. Them. Could you move to your left? <laughs> I mean, camera left. <laughs> Your other left. Your other, your other pretty, left. That's my left, not your left. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I like the really shy ones. They're like, uh, excuse me. Uh, excuse me. Oh, they're walking away. Oh, oh. <laughs> just say it, man. Spit it out. I'll just have the second AC go move the mark. <laughs> Thomas, could you move that mark, please? No, no, no. Camera left. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is too real. This is too real. What did you guys think about the uh, the VO in the film? I thought it was excellent. I think it really works with the style, and I think it like it's really cool to get that inner monologue cut into scenes that it kind of pops in to have little moments. And there's great, like you know, when, when the Asian girl like stabs the guy through the chest, and then he's like, you know, she can make it where you don't feel a thing, and then you know, oh, he he fell. <laughs> I, I, I love that. I love those little moments. They're great. Yeah, I like the VO as well. I want to say it was towards the end of my movie, so I think it, it had to have been the Bruce Willis one, <laughs> uh, where there were, a few, there were a few times where he was talking, and I was just like, why is he talking? This would be excellent VO. Like, I thought it worked out. It worked so well throughout the film, and yeah, it was just towards the end. There were a couple of times where he was just, like, talking instead. It might have it been... Um, I don't uh Marv is that the guy? I don't remember. I don't remember. It wasn't enough for me to note it. But uh yeah, there were definitely a few times where the the VO worked so well that I was just like, why is that person talking out loud? It didn't make any sense to me. 
<laughs> was was Bruce Willis saying it out loud when when they were in the car and he's trying to shoot and he and he's like the guy's wasting no, no, his no, that bullets was in his head. and then he's he's like oh that okay yeah. that was in his head okay I was just trying to remember okay. that yeah no yeah it it was towards the end of the one that I watched so it was either <laughs> it was either uh, Marv or um, the Bruce Willis characters I did laugh out loud though when he was like stop the car confirm the kill I was like who the fuck <laughs> what confirm are the you kill. like some ex yeah, like, oh. That, that, like, oh, that was oh, her response. the car, confirm the kill. Okay. Yeah, that was her response. She's like, um, okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, stop the car, uh, confirm the kill. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> ne- next time I'll remember. Yeah, um, I also like Marv, like when he's in the fucking uh, electric chair, and they shock him, and he's like, is that all you got, you pansies? And he's like coughing up blood. <laughs> yeah. Again, that's I, like I, peak I, teenage boy right there. <laughs> It's a comic book, Kristen. <laughs> Fuck. Just it's teenage, teenage adolescence, uh, you know. All right, well, you know, as a girl, like, as, a, as a teenage girl, I was just like, look, come on, dude. You're not that cool. You're not that cool. It's like, like that's the thing. It's like every little boy or teenage boy it wants to is like, yeah, if I ever get electrocuted, that's what I'm going to do. And it's like, no, you're not. No, that is not how it works. <laughs> No, he's already been shot in the head and like shot all over, and he didn't fucking die. He's just a hard ass. It, it, it takes more than a, than a little shock to I get kill that. him. It was kind of cool, but like also, also, <laughs> I thought it was ridiculous. <laughs> I, I agree with Christian, right? I like when I go to sleep, I think about Asian prostitutes that also moonlight as ninjas with swastika yeah. throwing stars. I mean, that's what I'm dreaming about. Of course, of course. <laughs> this, I knew it. This is like a guy thing. Like, I'm upset with like, you if you didn't. In black and white, of course. I mean, like, how else? You don't dream in color. Like, wait. Yeah, uh, dr- sorry, this movie is not actually in black and white. It is definitely blue tones in the shadows. Just pointing that out. It is a hundred percent not black and white. It's got a okay, Mike. It's got a splash of color. <laughs> I was just. I, I just want to. You know. I just. And I feel like that needs to be specified because I was enjoying it the entire time, being like. In my memory, this was in black and white, but I'm looking at it now, and it's absolutely duo tone. It's because dreams are in black and white. We just established that. <laughs> Maybe Brian's dreams are in black. And white. I can't have color Mine dreams. Are in duo it's, tone. It's, I keep you. waiting for like the Wizard of Oz to happen. I'm like, I'm in Oz. Turn color. I'm waiting for uh, that. I'm waiting for that uh, like Elon Musk update, you know, so I can get, I can get colored dreams. I start dreaming and then I just like wake up and start dancing like the Tesla car. Yeah, like uh, we we put we've put Easter eggs in in everybody's neural you know neural pathways. If you find the color in your dreams, just follow it. No, you just find a U two album. Get those they, red chucks and just they, walk in that direction. Yeah, man, his shoes did look great. Oh, yeah. Those, the, like the red, what were those, like Converse or something like that? Chuck yeah. Taylors. So I said red Chucks. Wait, Chuck Taylors? Oh, sorry. Converse? Con- Converse Chuck Gosh. Taylors. Jeez, whatever. Bro, there are many different styles of Converse, but there are only one. There's only one Chuck Taylor. Damn fucking straight. Wait, I... Th- well, there's multiple Chuck Taylors. There's high tops. I, I, yeah, Ooh, I thought just Converse just was saying. like the, the, the shoe <laughs> that was like the norm. Yeah, whatever. The shoe that's no. been the same for the last oh. 60 years? Yes, Converse there was only All one stars. Chuck Taylor. We've all we've all seen the the Sandlot, bro. I definitely only <laughs> wear those Chuck Taylors. Three so versions of them. So shut up, whatever you're talking. Outside of the swastikas, I did notice that there was a lot of car porn in this. 
I need a hard top with a yeah, like, would you, Did you notice? And a big, and a big <laughs> The truck. red caddy. No one else can keep my car running. Yeah, the blue me. Chevy. There was a Ferrari that the, the hitmans pick up. Yeah, and they just ride off with a Ferrari at the end. I'm like, damn, what a badass car going off into the sunset. <laughs> this seems like a very good vehicle that you have re- repurposed here. But there's no... <laughs> there's. <laughs> oh, man, every time that guy talked, I loved it. I just want to oh, man, Nick... Sorry, continue your car. No, no, no. Yes. Nick Offer- Offerman's great in that scene. <laughs> Wait, where was he in this? I read that he was in this. Who He's is he the, in this? Like the two guys that speak eloquently. The the two hitmen that uh, Bruce Willis goes up and knocks him out at the very beginning of the movie, and then they show up later. Oh, he's got the with the, with the pipe. Yeah, yeah and yeah, they yeah, try yeah. to kill him when he's being hung. Uh, Nick Offerman's yeah. the bald one. <laughs> he just I totally didn't even recognize him. That's he looks amazing. giant. Yeah, I totally did not recognize him. He didn't have a mustache or hair, so he wasn't talking about bacon. <laughs> <laughs> a vegetable burger is not a burger by definition. <laughs> Are we at ratings here, guys? Man, it sure feels. All like right, it. let's rate Sin City. Who's going first? Brian, I'm going to give this movie a ten. Because I really, really enjoyed this. I watched this twice, and both times I was just completely riveted. Um, mostly just by the filmmaking, and, and just like, just, just like, wow, what a fucking feat to just get through this and, and make it come out as good as it did. Um, it's really cool to see all these different actors, and, and I don't know, man. It's just really fun, and it really calls out to the 13-year-old boy in me. Uh, you know, it's just like, fuck, man, this is, this is really fucking cool, man. Uh, I... I think i enjoy this more than uh 300 more than 300 really yeah i think i do wow I, okay now i feel like i gotta I go am, next i am disinclined to agree <laughs> with that but okay well i haven't seen 300 since the theater either but like i i just i just really enjoyed i know i know maybe Listeners, we should review 300 still have time to request I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna give this a nine um this is not as good as 300 but i i did see this before that you okay. know okay I need to see um, that then. But I feel like that that movie is more polished in terms of a film. I feel like the the shots make more sense. Um, when it goes into its comic book moments, it never 100% takes you completely out of the physical realm of possibility. People do amazing things. Mm-hmm. But this movie mm-hmm. is just like, I mean, it takes such a long time for me to get into this film. And I, I don't really know why it is. Because I've seen comic book movies before, but... You know, like, I, you're right, Jared. I've never seen one exactly like this. And when this came out in 2005 with all the special effects and everything, man, this is fucking amazing. It's probably, outside of Desperado, I think this is probably my favorite. Rod- no, that's not true. Outside of uh, Desperado and Alita, this is probably my favorite Rodriguez film. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh dude, yeah. that, that, now that's like fucking anime on fucking film. That is like fucking, oh, so sexy. But that's next level shit. Yeah, it's good. Uh, well, you're working with James Cameron. You know, like, when you can like uh, have James Cameron whispering in your ear. When you're hanging out with Jimmy, he's got you back. The good old, the second JC, bro. It's the second coming. <laughs> but this, this is really well done. Uh, I like all the actors. Um, hats off that they got all these people in this film and like just everything that's that's done is it's it's very impressive. Um, it's not the funnest movie to watch. It is a little dark, but you know that I guess that kind of makes it a little fun. I don't understand the swastika stuff. So and. There, I don't understand the, like the Josh Hartnett's hitman thing. That's like it's just so not explained. It's left so vague. I kind of have issues with it. Like I don't know. If you're gonna kill women nice, 
Why is the hooker at the end being killed nice? I just don't get it. I don't understand his motivations. Whatever. 9-5. See? He went up a half a point as he talked. I like that. <laughs> Kristen, do you want to go next, or do you want to leave the voice of reason for the end? <laughs> Am I the voice of reason? <laughs> no, I think he was talking about himself. Oh, okay. Well. <laughs> well. Damn, no, that's not what I was saying. Let me just clarify. <laughs> no, I can go next. Um... So I thought uh, this was so enjoyable. I thought it looked beautiful. I love the way I love all of the lighting, all the way it was shot, the coloring that they did. Um, I, I mean, all of it was just absolutely beautiful. And I think it really holds up over time. I was a little concerned that it would not translate, you know, t- almost 20 years later. And actually, I think it it still looks outstanding. Um Agree the sure. yeah the writing the writing it's good for a comic book I guess um, I don't know how I feel about like <laughs> I like how you're like I guess <laughs> it's good for a comic book I guess not okay, really I don't have <laughs> no I, I I clarified that statement because I don't have extensive knowledge of the different writing styles of comic books so really is it good for a comic book i don't know i'm gonna give it a pass because it's a comic book but uh Mm. i don't know (laughs) so that's high praise uh and uh i am so uh I really, I re- like when I was younger, you know, like, I don't know. I, I really, I'm conflicted because like, I really like, you know, they showed, um, I appreciate lingerie and I support sex workers and, uh, I, uh, they show like women being abused and, and I, I can also kind of get behind the sentiment of the women of old town, like banding together and, being their own police force because the men have failed them. Um, but I don't really know that this film kind of um, is like that great for women. So <laughs> uh, I feel very conflicted about that. And um, yeah, no, I think it's just the writing and, and the women are the two things that I'm super conflicted on. Um, but oh, and the violence. I'm normally like not into gratuitous violence. Again, this is a comic book. So I guess, I guess I don't know because again I don't know that I can't compare it um, but I'm going to give it a pass because it's a comic book so I expect lots of violence I guess um, but I loved the black and the white or and or the lack of blue tones whatever you said Mike um, because Mike doesn't know what he said yeah he just, he just talks sometimes <laughs> fuck, you. <laughs> fuck you fuck you blue in the shadows gold in the highlights <laughs> It is not black and white. Well, you can't see okay. color. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have I have perfect color that's been scientifically proven. <laughs> Fuck oh, you. Shit. Okay, but the point the point though the point is it was actually it was significantly easier for me to watch this violence because it it was it wasn't exactly real. Uh, there so much of it was done behind I don't know I, I want to call it a filter just because that's what we use now but what however they did it, it you know it was done behind this filter and so it was it was something that I could kind of enjoy rather than being like oh my god that person just had their eyes gouged out kind of thing um so yeah actually I'm gonna give it an 8.5 because nice. I like it it's a good movie 
Did you notice that when Benicio del Toro's head explodes, that they purposely left his eyeballs <laughs> whole and they like blew out? They like kind of like blew across the screen. <laughs> <laughs> it's so ridiculous. I, I do want to say I hated all the fucking goddamn explosions in this film. They all look digital and garbagey, especially like uh, the grenade that goes in front of like Miho or like Clive Owen when he goes down to the sewer and he gets blown out of the way. Well, hers Miho's has a fucking like a damn firework like like when it goes off, like it like shoots her up like a rocket. It looks like a gas grenade. It doesn't even look like a real explosion. Like, what what is happening? It's just the Troublemaker logo all over again <laughs> every single time. <laughs> oh, all, all the people in Austin are going to come for our heads now. No, I think Joel's going to come after me on that one. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Mike, what you got for us? Oh, man. The voice of reason all right, over I'm com- here. I'm, 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 all right. No, like, you were the voice of reason. That's bring what us I was home, trying to apply. Bring us home. Um, okay, okay, okay. All right. I, I'm conflicted on this. Um, to me, the visuals in this, the the cinematography, the 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 concept, the the translation gets a ten, like a hard ten. Like everyone should watch this film if you like comic books, if you like making visuals, if you want to be anything resembling a professional in movies, if you like noir films, you should watch this film. Um, the writing really really kills it for me, like. It, it, it's very juvenile. It, it's it's hard to get into. I don't relate to any of the characters. Not that you're you know necessarily supposed to in any of these situations. Um, I do enjoy the four vignettes um, a, a, as a movie concept. I, I generally struggle with those kinds of of you know like let's put five and 20 different stories into a film and just call it one thing because it's one thing, but it's actually like 15 different things. Um, so that that's a little bit like, so I started watching it last night and got 25 minutes into it. And I was like, yeah, I'm fucking bored and I'm tired. So I'm going to go to bed and I'm watch the rest of it tomorrow. And I don't feel like I missed anything. I don't feel like uh, I lost anything with the, uh, the pacing or, you know, that kind of deal so from that standpoint of like oh frank miller's original stuff it does it feels like a 15 year old was like oh, fuck yeah let's 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 put some bitches in some cool stuff and and make some guys blow some shit up from that standpoint it's a, it's a six um but you put all this shit together in a fucking blender and it's it's way more fun than it seems like it should be for how fucking dark this material is and, and that's the other thing that sat with me for 15 years since I watched this when it came out. Because I don't think I've seen it since I watched it in the theater when it came out. Um, and yet, like I said at the top, there are a few things in this that live in my head rent-free. And they definitely were still right there when I watched it again. Even if I didn't misquote them. Because I'm an idiot. Uh, don't be so hard on yourself, Chris. A... <laughs> that's our job. Yeah, yeah. All right? Yeah. I, like, don't like, take our know... job. When you when you watch something that's made, you know, for children, do, do you judge it harshly on its writing? Like sometimes, I, I, yes. I, well, as, you know, it's like you as, know, as a parent who watches lots of things literally made well, for children, what, what, yes, what I, I sometimes judge them harshly. <laughs> no, not not like Fuck that. You, I'm just Disney. saying, like you know, it, it's I, I think it's on <laughs> it's on purpose how how it's made. You know, uh, it, it, it's playing to that demographic because it comes from a, a comic book. 
And it, it, in, in itself being a little juvenile, because it is. Well, can I just interject here? I want to contradict my previous yes, statement. Go ahead. Because... Uh-oh. No, well, the, my previous statement still stands. They can both be true. Okay. So I was actually yeah. thinking about Brittany Murphy's scene, and one of the things that I really loved about it is, like, she's this abused woman, and that was written so well. They, I felt like they really portrayed kind of the craziness that goes on in the head of somebody who is being abused and yes, Brittany, yes. including the fucking secondary guy that was like, Oh, you shouldn't have set him off. You should definitely apologize for your getting angry. And it's like, fuck you. What the hell? <laughs> well, yeah, By the way, I, I think... may also rape you later. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, you know, and like call up your friends so we can do this all the, like, you know, like I, the way that all of that played, I felt was like so accurate and so creepy. And they all did like an outstanding job. Like I love that whole little vignette, which is why I think as it progresses, uh, I was very disappointed in the writing because I was like, how did we go from something that had like such psychological depth to <laughs> this crap? And so, and it's not crap, I shouldn't say that. It was, uh, but you know, like cheesy, stereotypical, like what I would expect of like a very juvenile person. And I guess you could argue that the character, like it was just like, was just immature, but like, I don't really buy that. I don't really buy that. I think that's a cop out. Well, okay. So my, my, my last note that I wrote down about this, <laughs> I'll read it verbatim. Goddamn. This whole movie is just people fucking trauma bonding in the worst ways. We've talked about this, about other movies that we've watched. People trauma bonding in different situations. This movie is like, let's take the concept of of people going through situations and then bonding together in, in terribly unhealthy ways, in maladaptive ways, to put it more specifically... There's a lot to be said about the content in this film, and it sits heavy on me. I've said it a lot, and I'll continue to say it. I watch movies from an empathetic perspective because that's my personality. There's nothing in this film that I enjoyed from the perspective of like, yeah, no, this is a character's progression and, and a character arc that I enjoyed, or that was fun, or or that was emotionally satisfying in any semblance of the term of satisfying. That being said, I think this is a fucking great movie. Wait, what? Those two statements don't mesh, bro. I He's disagree. Brian. <laughs> I disagree. I think I think the way that this movie is made, I think that the journey that you go on is not supposed to be fun. It's not supposed to be pleasant. It's not supposed to be satisfying from from a, an emotionally progressive way. This is all heavy material and it's all dealt with heavy-handedly. Sometimes it works really, really well in the case of Brittany Murphy's story. Sometimes it's a little bit cheesy, but it's a comic book material for the source. Um, I think Robert Rodriguez fucking kills it in, in the way that he accomplishes the visuals and the way that he brings all these different actors together um, and, and the way that the casting was accomplished. Every single fucking person in this movie is fantastic, even with the ones that didn't have great source material to act well with uh i'm gonna give it a 9.5 because i think it's something this is a movie that everyone should watch at least once because it's so really 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 well done even if it's not 
and then enjoyable ride to watch three or four or 15 times. It's a really fucking good movie. 9.5. You just hate the writing, you know. <laughs> I don't I don't really understand that. But I that I that whatever. I understand. It's a great it's a great world. Frank Miller built a great role and he thought of some great characters and he just doesn't entirely understand how to write dialogue for some of those specific characters. If he had a secondary writer or he had someone to punch up some of his stuff, I think it would be a fucking 10 across the board. Robert Rodriguez and his visual effects crew and all the actors bring so much of their fucking A-game to this film that is 100% worth watching. And with that, you've been listening to the Movie Crew Podcast. You want to get in touch with us? You can. Kristen, you want to say something? Yeah, I have something <laughs> else to say. Oh, holy shit. <laughs> she just brings her face close to yeah, the camera. Yeah, I know. I was, like, camera. I was like, like, is, ah. she, is she yawning or is she getting ready to say something? And I was like, no, hold oh, on. She's, she's like, no, she's hold on, Griggs. <laughs> Hold on, Griggs. I'm going to have to adjust my rating. <laughs> I didn't want to interrupt you. <laughs> no, um, I was just curious. Um, why did we pick this movie again? I know this is Reader Lister Month, but like, what, what was going on with this with this movie? Well, uh, Jared has the email. Well, yeah, Jared, no, me, that's your cue. Oh, okay, cool. Let me, let me pull that up real quick. Logging into our uh, company email. Uh, it was requested by listeners during the listener request month. But like, was there something behind it? I don't know. Well, when we dug through I'm the thousands of, uh, of of submissions that we got for movies, thousands. It's, it's pretty crazy. But you still have time. Get your other requests in. There are three more weeks. Yeah, uh, and, and there's always next year. Um, but uh, <laughs> and we, uh, we, you know, we fill out those requests throughout the year. Come on. That's true. That's true. Uh, this this email just kind of jumped out at us, and it, it says, "Hey crew, that's us, by the way, which is pretty cool." Oh, that's me. <laughs> I think this was sent before you existed, but uh, I'll, I'll include you. Oh, that's you me now. again. Yeah. <laughs> no, wait. That was sent. La- wasn't it sent last year? Or was yeah, it yeah. sent 2019? I don't know. I'm just fucking with Griggs. Oh. Uh, anyways. Um... <laughs> oh, it's me again. <laughs> oh hey, actually this this one comes from Griggs. No. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, this guy says, uh, hey, crew, been working my way through your library and I wanted to give a big thanks for the podcast. I've been a big movie person my whole life and my number one movie conversation person is my dad. And a few years ago, I moved several states away from him. So we didn't get to sit and talk movies one on one, really. And I don't have many movie buff type friends. The show has definitely helped fill that void a little. I listen on Spotify, so there isn't a way to uh, rate or give thumbs up or anything, so I figured an email would work. So if you ever open up for a listener requests again, which is every single February because we love you, again, I'd like to throw out uh, Heat, Sin City, and Way of the Gun for consideration. I think it'd be fun and interesting to hear the crew chew the fat over any of these. Looking forward to future podcasts, and truly, thank you, David Hodo. Well, thanks for your submission, David, and I hope we didn't let you down. We chewed the fat over some swastikas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, David, I know we can never feel the role of your father in the disgusting movies, but <laughs> hopefully we recreated some semblance of the same joy of discussing that you may have previously felt. He stopped listening now, Greg's. Yeah, and, and <laughs> hopefully by like, pointing he's, out... He's just out. <laughs> and hopefully by pointing out, like, David, son, look at these beautiful breasts on these women. They're amazing. But you know what? 
David, you can't treat women like this. And this is not how real women are. But enjoy it, enjoy it while you can, son. But those are how real breasts are. <laughs> yeah. Those are immaculate. I just wanted to let you know. It's pretty amazing. I love you, son. There's a lot of fake things in the world, but those are real. <laughs> They're not oh, fake news. God. All right, I can't. I can't, I can't wait to have kids. Kids, I, I, I can't even do it. Anybody, anybody got anything else? No, no. I tried to channel NPR and just went to tits. All right. So on that note, ladies and gentlemen. You've been listening to the Movie Crew Podcast. If you guys would like to get in touch with us and make one of those requests, you can do so by sending us an email to themoviecrew at gmail.com. That's the Movie Crew, Chris spelled C-R-E-W-E. That's right, extra E at the end of the word crew at gmail.com. And you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Movie Crew Pod. And you can follow Jared at... You can find me on Instagram at CheckTheGate, on Twitter at Jared B. Callen. Or on Apple Podcasts with my other podcast, Torah Stories, that'll be back up live this Friday. Yeah, yeah. And you can follow Mike Griggs at... I am on Twitter and Instagram at Griggsy Media. That's G-R-I-G-G-S-Y Media. And you can follow Christian Jones. Where? You can follow me on Instagram at Kristen Magdalene. And that's Kristen with a K and an I. And you can find me on Twitter at Elkins Edits. We're going to close out the show tonight. Uh, hold on. Let me make sure this is the right song. Do we talk about the score? Do we need we to talk never about talked the score? about the fucking sound or anything, really. <laughs> we only talk about the score at the end when Brian's about to play the score. And then we're like, oh, hey, we oh, should yeah, talk about the, the score. By the way, this, this, this movie had music. The listeners it get did. to listen to the score the entire podcast. We have to wait until the end to remember to talk about the score. Oh, that's right. There's music in this. There are three different composers for this. Of course, Robert Rodriguez. If you've ever seen any behind-the-scenes uh, anything, uh, especially if you watch uh, Full Tilt Boogie, which is like the making of from Dust Till Dawn, uh, Rodriguez, even when he was directing the Mandalorian episode, he has an acoustic guitar yep. that he constantly carries around set and just plays tunes while the crew is setting the shots up. He'll even go up to actors and give them direction and then as he's walking away will play the guitar as he's walking back to his monitor. What a badass. He's just playing Smoke on the Water over and over again. Oh my god, what a badass. He's like, you ever heard Mustang Sally? Can you play something else? That's all I got. It's either that or this mariachi song. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I directed a mariachi. <laughs> Which means the mariachi. <laughs> <sighs> so this hey. was composed by John Derby, Graham Neville, and, of course, Robert Rodriguez. But the track we're listening to tonight is track number one. From the Sin City soundtrack, titled <gasps> Sin City. Uh, nice. And this is from composer... Which composer is this? Hold on. This is from composer Robert Rodriguez. This is his opening theme, Sin City. Enjoy. I can't wait Man. till next week where we watch the, the sequel to this. It's called Sex in the Sin City. Or, <laughs> or Sex Basin in Sin City. City. <laughs> the name of the city is Basin City, okay? 
It is a misnomer called synthetic. Great, now everyone's going to be expecting to hear their name right up top. That's what we're going to do this month. I like it. All the love, David. I mean, we should hear the request, though. <laughs> yeah, can, do, do we, we, we have, gotta, like, We got to go into the show, and an then email? it's got to come it up, and, like, it can't, no, we're not in the no, fucking I, show yet. What the fuck is happening? Oh, damn it, I just want to know why it was requested. That's all I want to know. I'm just going to okay. put this at the end of the show, like there's always. There's, like, music that happens. <laughs> like, you know how the podcast works, right? Like, that happens, and there's music, and then Brian's like, welcome to the podcast. You know, like, come on. Go like this. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> I hope that none of this exactly gets cut like out, that. Brian. Like, you're going to leave all of this in, right? Oh, uh, yeah. I usually throw all this in at the end, like after the, the credits. The oh, yeah. yeah. He, so, he the, left the entire uh, Kristen Savage conversation at the end of They Live, and it was... Just the highlight of my entire week. You know, Again, it was quite I talked about that no. with like a friend of mine, and she agreed with me that I am a sweet, kind soul. So I don't know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> and the minute you left yeah, the room, she, she called up you as much friend. as we do. <laughs> she was, She's savage. She is savage. <laughs> she knows. <laughs> She's self-aware. <laughs> oh shit! Now we're really in trouble. <laughs>